I'm Cameron Silsby, and I head up all of the Van City communities. In this season of life dominated by coronavirus and quarantine, one thing I've found interesting is the growing understanding of the general populace of just how connected and dependent we are on other people. Most of these people we are dependent on for basic necessities like groceries will never be known to us, but they are very important to how we live our lives. I worked in a grocery store for about 11 years. I restocked shelves, cashiered, ordered in product, a a bit of everything. The work was a bit tedious and repetitive, but I generally appreciated the customers. Uh, Most were pleasant, if not, you know, just indifferent. Only a small percentage were outright rude or made the job difficult. But I can't remember a single time in my 11 years of a customer coming up to me and thanking me for stocking shelves or ordering in the right amount of product. And I didn't expect them to. I I was being financially compensated for the work I was doing. But now, with the dangers of possibly contracting a disease, and with the experience of empty shelves being a first for many people, there's been a lot of gratitude and honor bestowed on grocery store workers. And, And for good reason. Many have a newfound appreciation for the work that they're doing, but really have always done to make their lives better. Sight unseen, often unknown to the beneficiary, an experience that Paul was not unfamiliar with. Today, let's read Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Grab your Bible and let's read it together. Colossians 2, starting in verse 1. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Last time, Paul laid out a type of resume to the Colossians, you know, saying, this is who I am and what I do. And now he shifts to saying, and this is what I've done for you. The previous text and this text together are Paul's reasoning as to why the Colossians should listen to what he has to say in the rest of the letter. But he's not trying to get them to listen to him by impressing them with his credentials and job history. He's trying to build trust. He's called by God to do what he does, and he's experienced in doing it. And he's also been contending or struggling hard on behalf of the Colossians and the apprentices in Laodicea, even though he's never met them. He's been working on their behalf with no acknowledgement from them. He's doing it because that's what God has asked him to do and what Jesus has empowered him to carry out. And from what he's heard from Epaphras, who started the church in Colossae, he has concerns that they're being swayed or at least influenced by arguments that make sense in the context of their culture, but that are ultimately false and deceptive and leading them away from their togetherness as a church and with Jesus. Paul cares for the Colossians deeply, and so he wrote them this letter. 
This text reminded me of how dependent we are spiritually on people we may not realize are praying for us and supporting us, and maybe people we don't even personally know. A year or two ago, I was spending time in listening prayer and was feeling deep gratitude for how my life had turned out. And I felt the Spirit point out to me how much my mom had prayed for me throughout my life, and in some way, what I was grateful for was connected to my mom's prayers on my behalf. And she still prays for me, and it's not something I think much about, but she's still doing it to my benefit. I also have a couple of good friends in my life who pray for me a lot. I'm, I'm not surprised when I get a random text out of the blue from one of them saying that they were praying for me. It's something I really appreciate and value, and I believe it's something that has a, made a deep impact on my life. Today, I want you to spend time reflecting on the person or people who have supported you, encouraged you, struggled on your behalf, and through it have have had an impact on your life, even if it's a, a bit ambiguous as to how you would quantify it. Maybe it was a parent or sibling or spouse or friend or leader in your church. Maybe it's obvious and the names pop up quickly. Maybe it's harder to recall anyone that would fit that description. If that's the case, ask the Spirit to bring to mind anyone who fits that description in some way, even if imperfectly. Then I want you to spend some time expressing gratitude to God for that person or those people, and be specific about what you're grateful for. After that, now it's your turn to be that person for someone. If you're not already praying for someone or some people consistently, ask the Spirit to bring someone to mind who you could be supporting, encouraging, and building up by praying for them. I would encourage you to set a couple of alarms on your phone today, times where you could pause and pray for this person, or maybe commit to praying for them every morning for a week. Even though we are absent in the body from the people that we care about, we can still be with them in spirit supporting them through prayer. Jesus, use us today to encourage those we care about and knit us together in love. Mm -hmm.